Welcome to Cycle Breakers and Moneymakers, a podcast for women of color and first gen who are breaking generational cycles and glass ceilings by going places no one before them has ever gone. I'm your host, leadership coach and eldest daughter of immigrants, Mariella Delamora. I left a 16 year marketing career to create a multiple six figure a year coaching business as a single mom. Each week, you'll learn how to build unshakable self trust, become in demand lead with confidence, and make more money by being more of who you are. Hey, everyone. I am very excited to share what I'm going to share with you today because it is something that I haven't really seen spoken about. I mean, we hear people talk about sales calls, discovery calls, consults, whatever we talk about, but I think I've been able to step back and actually really be like fascinated with my own results and ask myself why. And I have to ask myself why because I'm a coach, because I'm thinking about why is what I'm doing working? What lessons are there for me? What lessons are there for my clients that I can impart onto them, teach them, remind them of all of that? So when I think about the fact that I had... 97% of people in 2023 (laughs) say yes to me, all on five-figure offers. Well, actually, take that back. The first round of reclamation was 8K. It's now 10K. Uh, 97% of people say yes, including 100% of people in my latest launch of reclamation, meaning every person that got offered a spot that was a fit said yes. It's just been like mind-blowing to me because of the fact that I have really created my own rules around this. (laughs) And in many cases, in some cases, I've actually done not what I was taught, even though I think what I was taught also works, but I think I've really just leaned into the way that I naturally sell. That creates safety, that the person feels really seen and heard, that feels an integrity with me, and that works. So today I'm going to talk to you about how I close nearly 100% of my sales calls at the five-figure offer level. And I've had a five-figure offer since the beginning of 2022. So basically two full years of selling five-figure offers. And I say five figures as a differentiator because I have noticed that the sales process is different at this higher ticket price than it was when I was selling coaching at $6,000 or $8,000. I found that the way that they vet me is different, the questions they ask, the amount of detachment that I have grown to have. Detachment meaning like, I'm good no matter what. I am there to listen to the client. It is a thought out experience, even though I've had folks who just found me who also set up calls, but I've just found that that is a higher level conversation. And I want to share that with you today because that's what I do, right? And the thing is, is that even if you don't have a five-figure offer, if you can run your consult calls, be present with the client, get curious and run them at this level as if you had a five-figure offer, a 15K offer, whatever that is, and you're you're selling something that's 6K, great. So to kind of set the tone, I have sold just under a million dollars of coaching in four years, all on sales calls. Put that into context, right? It's possible to get mostly or all yeses, without being pushy or making people give you an answer on the call, right? And my goal is not 
I need to convert every person. That's literally not even what, that's not what my goal is on the call. And I'll tell you what it is when we go into the episode. It's also possible for you to get more yeses as you raise your price. So I've gotten more yeses at a five-figure offer than I ever did when my prices were lower, right? And it's not because the price was higher. It's because I evolved and changed in the way that I saw my relationship with the person on the other end and with my work and the skill set essentially of just like detachment from the outcome is what's created the yes, not the price. I've also gotten more pay in fulls at the $15,000 one-on-one level or at the 10K 12-month mastermind that I ever have, even though I don't even actively push for them. I think that my clients will like ask me about it. Sometimes I don't even go into it. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, it's like this much. This is the payment plan. And they'll be like, so can I pay in full? And I'm like, oh, sure. Here's, you know, here's what that looks like. And they come with that energy even though I'll have clients who have, you know, money thoughts and they don't necessarily feel safe with money, they'll volunteer to pay in full. And I think it's just that they really feel safe and they want the, they almost want the self-assuredness and like the, the feeling of like betting on themselves of just like paying in full, right? So all of this has happened more as I have sold exclusively five-figure offers. Again, I'm not advocating for like, you need to be selling five-figure offers. But what I mean is that there's an energetic exchange that happens at this level and a level of trust and a level of safety and a level of thinking and a level of vetting that your clients do before they even come on the call. And if you can see yourself this way, operate this way, regardless of what your offers are, then all the better for everyone. You are going to be showing up at the absolute highest level possible. Before I share like kind of how I run the calls, one more thing that I wanted to call out is that as I have raised my prices, so I'd say specifically when I went to, hmm, with one-on-one coaching, I was at 10K for a while and then I went to 15K, that the amount of research that they've done on me is higher as I've raised my prices and they're very proud to tell me. Initially, before I had a podcast, almost every client would come quoting, for example, things that I said on other people's podcasts, right? Or my clients' stories. And those two things I made easy to find. I had a link to podcasts that I have been a guest on. It was in my link in bio, right? So I made it easy for people to vet me because I know they need to vet me and I didn't have anything else, right? I only had Instagram and an email list. I never emailed, right? So if I was a prospective client and I'm going through my page, that's, I think that's something that's important for us to do. When you're going through your own page, are you giving people what they need to make the decision? And one of the things people want to do is they want to hear you talk. They want to hear you coach. They want to hear you consult. They want to hear your expertise. So either you have long form content, video content, something, you know, or you're a really good writer, whatever that is. And also they want to know who you've helped. And so I had those two specific links, one to my Spotify Play, a Spotify playlist that I created of places that I've been a guest. And then number two, I had a link to all of my client testimonials. And I had like dozens on there at this point, right? Now I have less because I don't need to post every single one, but that's what I had on there. So they had vetted me by looking at those two things. And they would tell me on the calls, now that I have a podcast, folks will come onto sales calls, almost every single person, and they have listened to the podcast and they are quoting back my concepts. They're quoting back my story. Most people will say that they listened to episode one, which is where I, I shared my story. And that's created enough, number one, connection and safety with me as their coach. And number two, a vetting of my expertise and my philosophies in the way that I think. So how can you help your clients vet you before 
they get on a call. Just make it super easy. So I've noticed that, that the vetting was a lot more when my price was higher. And before it was a lot like, oh, I love you. And I've been following your page and all of this. And it's like, that's great. But sometimes people don't have all the time in the world. You don't want to make them have to tune in for months and months and months to make a decision, right? So that's one thing that I've noticed. All right. So now to go into, here is how I take a discovery call. So when the application comes in, I'll talk, I mean, honestly, it was it was the same for my mastermind as with one-on-one. Not 100% because with a mastermind, you have a set outcome. Whereas with one-on-one, it can be a lot of different outcomes, but for the most part, similar process. So I get the application in and it'll come in through Airtable, but whatever this format is for you, it used to be through Calendly. And I will literally take the entire application and copy, like I'll, I'll drag it, I'll copy it and I'll paste it into a document with all of the answers on there and I'll kind of clean it up and I'll call it the person's name and coaching program outline, right? Because I will turn it into a coaching program outline at the end of the call. So essentially that's how I take notes, but the client will get this at the end and I'll explain how I do that. So I drop it into a Google Doc and then I will go through their responses and I will highlight in a certain color things that just stood out to me that I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. I'm going to ask a little bit about this. Oh, this is interesting. They have this belief. If you want to go ham and crazy on this, you can do a different color for like, this is a belief that they have. I'm just going to highlight this in green, or I'm going to highlight this in blue because I want to ask more questions, whatever that is. But I highlight it because that allows me to have a cue on the call to be like, not super dist- I don't want to dis- I don't want to distract myself but I'll just look and be like, "Ooh, let me ask them about this." So, I'll highlight part of the answers I want to dig in more into. And then that helps me to guide the call because I'm not just asking everybody the same questions. I'm showing the person like, "I have read your responses and I want to know more about these things and I also noticed you are having these thoughts," right? So that's what I do before even going into the call. I will also do my research on the person, right? So if they share like a social media handle, I will check them out. I might look them up on LinkedIn just so that I'm not asking them things that I could have just figured out myself, right? So I will get an idea of who they are, what their online presence is. If I know that they have certain offers, I kind of want to look at, do I see things straight away that I would include in my plan for them? Other things that I keep in mind going into the call before the person even shows up, before we even speak, is that it often takes a lot of courage for someone to set up a call with you, right? It might be something they've thought about for a really long time and they may be nervous. And I want to show up and just make them feel safe and heard and seen and all of that, right? I also don't assume they are struggling. I don't even market like that. I've actually taken sales calls trainings where they're like, so tell me what you're struggling with. And I'm like, yo, I don't even want anybody to address me like that. I'll be like, first of all, hang on. I, I, don't, I don't assume they're struggling. I just assume they have a desire, right? They have a desire. And I'm here to be the person who can help them shepherd that and figure out how do we make this happen. I also think about like, what is my job on this call? My job on this call is not for them to say yes. That it's literally not your job. Your job is to make sure that this prospective client is seen and heard on the consult and to walk away with a very clear idea of what you think the next steps are for them and that they have a belief that what they want is possible and how you're going to help them. It is that. It is how you deliver the consult. That is, and if you do that, then you've done your job. 
right? And then you need to be fine with however the call turns out. And I think about like, you don't need to do anything for me. When I'm on the call, I'm like, it's, I'm fine regardless. Like, I'm here for you. I'm here to listen to you. I'm here to get curious. I'm here to ask questions. I'm here to deliver the best possible plan and belief that you possibly can walk away with so that I can tell you like, okay, here's what I see. Here's what I've heard. Here's how I think we would work on this together. I think this is absolutely possible. All those things are so important. And finally, here's the thing. My finances are not my client's responsibility. They are mine. Okay? This is a big thing that trips people up. Your money is your responsibility, not your client's. <laughs> However that sits with you. Because then you'd be like, well, but but I need the clients in order to do that. Listen. <laughs> However you need to sit in your money safety of your how you be okay no matter what. Like They don't owe you anything. You're there to listen to them and just be the best expert that you can be on this call. So I will just say that before I walk in. So first of all, like I said, I take the intake form responses, drop it in a Google Doc, highlight the things that I want to ask questions about, do my research on them ahead of time. Then I just like greet them like someone that I know. My hands are moving. I'm excited to see them. Sometimes I might open with something that I like noticed about them or admired about them on their application. Like they're someone I know. That's how I feel when I when I do that. I don't want to act different than I would like if it was someone that I know because I feel like people can feel this like almost like at arm's length professional facade. You know what I mean? Just like talk to people, right? Then I tell them how's the call going to go, what they can expect, and how they can ask questions. And then I open with, tell me a little more about what brought you to book this call with me today. It's a broad question, right? But I don't say like, tell me your story, all this, because then they'll just go off on a tangent. Like you at this point, it's like, tell me a little more about what brought you to book this call with me today. Most of the time, they'll tell you a little bit about They'll kind of intentionally start their story at the part of why they're reaching out to you versus telling you everything about them. And this will generally, it'll take a long time as they're answering this. This is the point where you're kind of taking notes a little bit, but you're listening to them. And if there's follow-up questions that you wanted to ask or things you wanted to dig in more into from their intake form, this is the, the opportunity. Sometimes they'll answer those questions just through you telling the story. Now, I've had clients say that this part is hard for them because they're taking notes, but then they're trying to listen to the client. You don't need to write every word down that they're saying. You literally can write a phrase down. And sometimes what I'll do is I'll write down a, a phrase. I'll have a Google Doc, that same Google Doc open, and I'll type a phrase just so that I don't forget to ask a follow-up question so that I don't interrupt them, right? So it's not your job to like take down every note. The other thing, the other reason I don't need to worry about that is because I use, you may use a different platform, but I use Grain and Grain records the call digitally and it also creates a transcript and an AI call summary. So if I needed to go back to do something, I will, but I literally don't. I'm just like, I've done so many at this point that it's next second nature to me, but it's okay if you feel like, oh my gosh, they're answering all these questions. It's like, but I think the whole time you're thinking, am I getting... What, what parts of this story are relevant to how I can help this person? Then I will listen. Like I said, I'll listen for what do they want. I will listen for what do they believe currently. So if they have a certain thought of like XYZ is hard or I know I can't do that because I will just take a note of that. And these are all just things I'll come back to. I will also listen for what feels hard for them right now. And I'll listen for potential objections. And objections are really just why they think they can't have what they want. 
I also will ask why. Get curious. I don't just take things at face value. If they say, I want this, why? Or like, I don't think, you know, I've tried this and it didn't work. And I'm like, what do you mean by that? Can you tell me more about that? Or if they're like, yeah, I'm just super disorganized and, you know, and I'm like, well, what do you mean by disorganized? Like, I will just ask questions if I think it's relevant. Like, I don't just go, oh, okay, well, like, we could solve that for this. Because sometimes if you dig in deeper, you realize that's not actually what they need help with, right? So just your job as a coach is just to get curious and ask why and just take down, down the notes only of what you think is necessary to take notes of so that you can ask why and come up with a plan for them. Another thing is I don't just tell them what they want to hear. I know some of us have been taught like whatever they want, we got to tell them that we can give that to them. Yes, but sometimes they may be asking for something that you need to come in and be like, okay, let me just tell you if we were to go there or this would, would be the goal, here's what it would require. And here's why, here's what I would suggest instead and why. For example, if someone comes to me in an application and they say, I just want more streams of income, I want to create a digital product or a passive income product, and they're struggling to sell what they already have, I will tell them I wouldn't focus on that because it's not passive. (laughs) And until we have a product or service that is selling very well, and then we create something based on that, and we already know how to create demand... It's not passive, right? Because we, we have to learn how to deliver it. So I was like, here's what we would focus on instead. And I hear you on that. And here's how I would approach that if we got to that point. So I don't tell them that because then guess what? Then they're going to start working with me and they'll be like, all right, let's put together my passive income. And here this whole time, I'm like, girl, there's no, there is no such thing as passive income at the beginning. It always requires work. And the, the way that I basically, they need to know what I, how I would approach things. For example, if someone applies to work with me and they don't have an offer yet, they've never sold anything before and they don't have an online presence. And then they say they want to quit their job in six months and they have a six-figure job. Like we kind of need to have a conversation about that, right? Because I don't want them coming into coaching being like, yes, I'm going to be making $100,000 in six months and I'm going to quit my job. It's just like, no, your job is also to be truthful with them and to set expectations. So that's one thing that I do. So again, you're just listening for where are they now? Like what feels hard? get clear on the things that they want, understand what's coming up for them, and just build a bridge. That's what you do at the end of the call. At this point, you build the bridge, meaning based on the things that you've shared that you want, based on what feels challenging for you right now and kind of where you are, here are, and I generally think, here are the three areas of focus that we would have together. Three or four max. You should be able to say it very clearly. It might be like, first, we're going to dig into why you believe that you aren't an expert. We're going to really help you develop the identity of an expert and show you how you already are an expert. I have some tools that can help support you with that. And you know we're really going to build that up so that that is very obvious in the way that you show up in your marketing. Number two, we're going to get very clear on who you serve, their unique differentiators, and how to deliver that. Then we're going to get clear on blah, blah, blah. So it's going to have to be something that you can say in a sentence, and you just tell them the three things. And it should just sound conversational. It shouldn't sound super technical. They don't need to know all the steps. They don't need to know, and that's going to require this tool and this framework. They don't even, they don't care. They don't need to know all that. They just need to know, first, we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, then we're going to do this, and that's going to help you get this outcome, you absolutely can do it, right? And if you want to at that point say, you know, this part that you mentioned, I worked with a client like you 
And here's what we did. And here's how it helped her. Like you also can just drop in how this process has looked for other clients if they have questions about it, right? So that's the thing. You just build a bridge in regular terms <laughs> so that when you're saying it out loud, it doesn't sound like you're reading a thesis statement. And at that point, they already know the investment because I published the investment. I highly recommend putting the investment up because you don't want to get to this part of the call where they are surprised by the investment. I have not had good results with that. It is not trauma-informed. I don't like it. I would never advocate for people not to have their prices up unless it's wildly custom and you have some sort of a whatever, but like it's different. I think most of the time you know, okay, this is what the investment is. And if it's a range, put the range just so that they're not com- totally caught off guard. And at that point, I'll open it up for questions. And I'm like, let me know, like, um, how does that sound to you? Let me know what questions you have. And then they'll tell me. And I think if there's any hesitation, you can sense it in their body. Don't just go skip past that. And I'll be like, okay, let's talk to, talk, talk to me about what's, go- what's coming up for you right now. And then we'll just have a conversation. And if they say, oh, yeah, no, this sounds good. But you can tell there should be questions or there, you sense that they're people pleasing you. I'll just sit, literally sit back in my chair. And I'm like, okay. Even if they say yes, sometimes I'm like, okay, that's great. Love it. Excited to move forward. Talk to me about what's coming up as you think about moving forward. So as you think about us moving forward, tell me what thoughts are coming up, what's coming up for you. The reason I do this is because, listen, I don't want to get carried away, even if you're telling me yes, because I still want to know what's coming up because there's no way. Well, that's not true. I was going to say there's no way. I tell people yes all the time. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just like send me the invoice. I'll pay it. Right. But if you sense any hesitation, you have to slow the call down and lean back and just get them talking about what's coming up for them. Because this is often where false yeses will come in, that they are saying yes to you because it sounds like what they want. And they can't even articulate why they don't feel safe, why they're not sure. And they have to be able to talk about that with you, which is why I will literally pause, pause, lean back and go talk to me about what's coming up for you right now as you think about moving forward. And then I'll just leave it there. And then they're like, well, it's just that I'm just thinking about if I should do this now, or I'm just really busy right now. And it will start to come out. And that's important because you want to listen to them and you want to know, okay, there's some things that I missed here. Like, how do you address those concerns? Do they actually, you know, need more time or is your coaching going to save them time? Why is now the best time for them? And you want to slow the conversation down. So that's what I do at the end. And then after that, I will like literally I'll watch their body language and I'll see if they feel like they're a little lighter. And I'm like, okay, yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I'm like, I'm glad that you brought that thing up about time. So here's what I'll tell you. And it's like, for example, if they said about time, it's like, listen, coaching always saves you time. <laughs> Here's why. And so I know that you're th- maybe you're thinking that it's going to be a bunch of homework and it's going to take all this time. So I'm glad you brought that up because that this is actually how it is. So it just allows a space for you to address valid concerns so that they feel like, oh my gosh, yes, this is exactly like I'm so excited to move forward. And that's why slowing it down at the end is so important. And at that point, I've also had clients that say, this sounds so good. I'm so excited. It feels like a relaxed yes, right? And they're like, I'm 98% sure. Like, I pretty much know I'm moving forward, but like, just knowing myself, like, I actually just want to take a minute. I've had some clients do that. In reclamation, several people said that they're like, I just want to sleep on this. I'm pretty sure I'm a yes. This is just, this feels really big in my body. And I'm like, absolutely. I'm like, okay. 
Is there anything that you didn't get to ask today? Is there is there like a lingering concern that you're like, oof, this is just the one thing I'm not sure of? Just be like, absolutely take that. But I just want to make sure that we've spoken about anything that's on your mind and any concerns that you have. And at that point, they're like, no, honestly, I pretty much know. I just, you know, this is just, I'm just going to tell you tomorrow, right? And I've had people do that. And I'm like, cool. Then what I do at the end of the call, no matter whether they told me yes on the call or I'm going to tell you tomorrow, but I'm pretty much sure I'm in or whatever that is, I will then send them the document, the coaching program outline. And in the coaching program outline, literally in the process of me sitting with this client, I have written out, here's what feels hard for you. Here's what you want. Here's, you know, the challenges and here's the three areas or whatever that we're going to work on together. And then I'll write at the end, like, it's X number of payments of this. The start date would be this if it's one-on-one coaching. And then I drop in the grain call summary and AI thing because then they get to see the call replay and they get to see the summary. There is so much safety in a client who's on the fence even or like is 98% sure they're a yes that they receive back a document that's like, here's what you said. Here's what I heard. And here's the plan. Especially for me, who's selling $15,000 one-on-one coaching packages and then you know a 10K mastermind, every single person got this because I wanted them to know, I heard you. Here's what I heard. No one's ever come back and said like, actually very few people have ever come back and was like, no, this isn't what I said or like not this area of focus. They were just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Like, yes, sign me up. Tell me the next steps. And it's not even more work on my part. It's just, it's actually helpful for me so that we can come back and say like, this is what we talked about. And here's what we're going to focus on together. And so that's what I do at the end of the call. I will just share that Google Doc with them. In the little Google Doc, there's like a comment section. And then I'll just put like, it was so great to meet you today. Here's everything that we talked about. Here's your coaching program outline that we talked about. Here's what we would focus on together. And at the very top of the document, there is a link to the call replay and summary if there's anything you wanted to go back to revisit. If there's anything you didn't bring up, that you wanted me to know, please let me know. And then I just give them a day to come back to me. And that's it. So all of that (laughs) has produced, like I said, 97% of people have said yes. And I don't ever feel like I'm pushing someone. I believe my clients make great decisions. They don't need me to helicopter them. They don't need me to parent them. They don't need me to rush them. You know what I mean? But ironically, they're able to tell me yes, because they feel seen and safe. They don't need to be coerced. I just do the part that's my job, my responsibility. What's within my control is how I run the call and how I think about myself as their guide who is okay no matter what they say, right? I'm not going to be less okay if you say no. And that's something that I've really worked on, including when I'm feeling money scarcity, right? And I know that that is a very normal part of the entrepreneurial journey, but even just you noticing that is gonna be really important. But you are their advocate from the very first minute of that call. You are their advocate. And if you focus on the parts that you can control, which is like being a very good guide, listening, being their advocate, and putting together the best plan that you can that encompasses what they've said that you feel really good about and just instilling the belief that what they want is possible, then you've already done the most important part. I hope this was helpful to you all as you really look at your own processes, where you think you get tripped up, how you can go in feeling more calm, confident, relaxed, detached, present with the client. This all really does allow you to be more present with the client because you're not thinking about yourself 
And what do I say next? And how do I get them to say yes? And like all of that. I think that's why I'm just so chill on sales calls. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, let's just talk. I'm going to ask you questions. Like, it's good. And they can feel that. They can feel that relaxed energy that I'm here for you no matter what. This sales call is going to be life-changing. That's what I believe. It can be life-changing and they are life-changing because they have you as the expert listening to them and coming back to them with, here's what I see. Here's where I think the areas of opportunity are. Here's how I would help you do that. And there's so much value in that. If you can really just anchor into that, you're going to get better results. You're going to have more people telling you yes. So that being said, I hope this was helpful and I'll see you on the next episode. Share this episode if it was helpful, screenshot it, put it in your stories and review the podcast if you haven't already. It helps more people find it. Have a good day. I'll see y'all next week. Now, if you have listened to this entire episode and you are thinking about working with me as your one-on-one mentor for six months, you can learn more and apply at marielladelamora.com. There you'll find dozens of client success stories from business to leadership coaching, which will give you an idea of what you can expect, the range of clients I work with, and my coaching style.